What's up, Slick Talkers? I want to promote a quick little thing that we're doing at Good Morning Hospitality called Good Morning Retreats. This is our first ever retreat, and we are hosting a hospitality training retreat at the Horst Schultz Hospitality Training School in Auburn, Alabama. Now, this is going to be July 8th through the 10th, and it's for operators only. So if you're a property manager and you want to actually dive into the inner workings of providing hospitality and not just the operations of your business, then this is what you need to do and sign up for. So go to goodmorningretreats.com in order to get into an intimate setting with other operators just like you. If you go to the website, you'll see the published agenda and other things around the whole retreat. We're excited to host you. And if you're going to the retreat already and you've already confirmed your spot, we can't wait to show you what we have up our sleeves for this event. Now, let's move on to the episode. Thanks for tuning in. And like always, I hope you guys are enjoying the podcast. It felt like a personal project now. It became like, how do I recreate something that our family went to and and that I want people to have that exact experience? So it became like a bit of a selfish, (laughs) creative endeavor, but it seems like people enjoy it. So we get a lot of comments about like, oh my God, the attention to detail, I, and they they also talk about like how they too had that experience growing up. Like it's so nice to see that Amazing. that was translated through like our vision, you know. You're listening to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, a podcast for those who are in and around the hospitality industry who love, live, and breathe what they do. You can join us for candid and unscripted conversations with hospitality experts and founders as we go deeper into their personal stories while they're sharing their triumphs and trials that got them to where they are today. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and you're listening to an episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast. Now, let's begin. Welcome back to the podcast. I would love to introduce you to Vintory and Safely. About Vintory, we've had Brooke Fotts on the podcast, who is a founder, multiple times, and him and his team know numbers. They know data and they know marketing. They know how to help property managers just like you scale and grow their business by adding more inventory, aka more homes, into your rental program that drive the bottom line. For all of you listeners that want to learn how to scale and grow your inventory, you can get a free digital copy of Brooke's book called From Zero to 500 Properties in Five Years. And for an added bonus, if you would do a demo of the Vintory platform, you'll get a $50 gift card to Amazon. Now that's a sick deal. And now to touch on our friends at Safely.com. Safely.com helps property managers just like you and I protecting the homes that they manage from structural damage to content damage and of course bodily injury. This means plates, linens, cups, couches, tables, curtains, walls, and of course your guests themselves are protected. And this helps you by scaling your company in order to ensure that you are retaining owners and inventory in your program. If anything is broken or if anyone is hurt, you are able to make a claim through Safely and within three business days you can get in instantly paid out to replace any items and settle any claims that happen on site without having to deduct from your owner's payouts. That's why I call these guys the dynamic sponsor duo. And thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. Check out their offers in the show notes and back to the episode. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. And I'm joined by this power couple out in Quebec, Canada. 
We got Frankie and Julia joining us today. They are the owners of the Happy Camper Chalet. And I have to say, this is a new episode for me because as all of you listeners know, we usually go into either tech founders or other big property management companies. But when I saw Julia and Frankie's listing on Instagram, I was captivated immediately. It was like, wow, this is like really done well. They've really made a destination. They put a lot of attention to detail and made me want to reach out and just be like, hey, are you guys interested in doing a podcast? So love to tell your story. And here we are. So welcome to the show, you two. How are we doing? Hi, Will. Thanks for this really beautiful introduction. I feel like we can't even follow this. Um, but we will do our best to follow this great introduction as best as we can. So I'm Julia. I'm Frankie. And we've been together for almost 12 years, actually. We're not married, but we've been together for 12 years. And yes, should I get into the story? Yeah, I want to know. Let's actually back up before you dive into the Happy Camper Chalet. I want to, how did you guys meet? And let's talk about like building up into the purchase of the property. What made you get into short-term rentals? Because Obviously, I think your guys' love story probably has something to do with it. I'm, I'm just it guessing. Does have it does. <laughs> okay. So about 12 years ago, we met in class. And in the corner of my eye, I saw this beautiful girl. I was like, oh, yeah. she's, she's cute. She's everything that I want. But then all of a sudden, I found out that she's dating someone else. So I waited a bit of time. Yeah. A couple months. <laughs> a couple months. <laughs> then uh, she broke up with the guy. And then I was just like, oh, hey, let's... Uh, Let's do something. And then I didn't know, but she was stalking me behind uh, closed doors. Because I was also interested. I had broken up with someone and then I was interested in him, but I thought he wasn't interested in me. It's one of those like goose chase yeah. stories where it's like, I'm into him, but he wasn't free. He was into me. I wasn't free. So after like, I think two years, <laughs> finally, we were both available, both really interested in each other. And we're like, let's give it a shot. And yeah. 12 okay. years later, here we are. And it was love. It was love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just took two years. It was the right person, wrong time, maybe. Yeah. And I think we both knew we wanted each other from the beginning. And ironically, we had gone to elementary school together as well, just in different grades. Oh, wow. So we both knew we really, really were attracted to each other, but we just, it was just never the, a good time to get into the relationship. So we waited a really long time and it just ended up working out. So. Yeah. And then actually, so to bring it back to the chalets and the short term rentals early on in our relationship, we would go up north together. And that was the best time of our relationship, like going away to this beautiful cabin with our friends. And we would just like our relationship really <laughs> flourished in chalets. We were we would always dream off like we would stay in bed and just think like, how could we ever get a chalet? And this was like 11 years ago. We never even thought it was possible. But we kept dreaming of like, oh, one day when we retire, maybe, maybe we can do that. But like never thinking like it would be an Airbnb. Like we were thinking this was something that we'd own. Just we'd go up on the weekends and we'd own, but we wouldn't rent out. So it was always a dream from the very beginning, from the first year of dating. It was something that always was a conversation, a part of our lives and always part of our dreams. But we never knew how it would happen. So that's actually a, an important part of it, our story. No, I love it. And I'm curious to know from the dream phase of imagining getting to this point and having the chalet for yourselves, what were the best memories or moments that you guys had that really impacted you as you're starting to create your own? Like, what were the things you guys would reflect back on and be like, 
remember that one time when we did this or this, this and that happened and we should be able to like have that at the property. I'm sure there's gotta be some good stories there for you. I want to hear one from each of you actually, by the way. So Frankie, don't think you're going to get away from. Uh, <laughs> do you, do yeah. You okay. I'm a, I'm a sucker for a jacuzzi. Yeah. I like, uh, yeah. And like Julia's not. So like every single time, like I would show up to, uh, to a place with friends, like I'd be the first one with like the towel in my hand and be like super excited to like jump in. Most of the times I was by myself anyways, because they didn't want to get wet, especially in Canada where it's like minus 20 outside. So I'd be like in the tub by myself. So it was just like, oh, this would be such a dream to actually like have my own chalet, go up north. So now I catch myself just like going for like little spa days on my own <laughs> with the happy camper chalet. So I think that was like the biggest feature. Yeah, you really do. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm a I'm a bit of a, a pampered princess when it comes down to those things. Hey, I am the same way. I'm not even kidding. Once a month, I'm like, I have to have a spa day. Or not once a month, once a quarter. But still, got to do it. Exactly. Got it. Little will time. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Exactly. What about you, Julia? I'm curious to know, like, what was the big, man, remember when we had this happen or something like that along the way? I wouldn't say there's, like, a specific moment. But, well, I personally love, like, being in this <laughs> like the fantasy of being in this old cabin that's been through passed on through generations and like I have a coffee and I'm looking at the window and it's cold outside like it's just that that fantasy of like being coziness. like more like cozy just like a, a feeling yeah, of being the coziness and like <laughs> I don't know just the feeling of being in a warm place and knowing that it's cold outside because we're here in Quebec so it's cold for the majority of the year so that was always really appealing and I really love design and home design in general so I would always imagine like how would how I would make this cabin look the way I envisioned it you know it was not I didn't ever think of having like a maybe a generic cabin but it was like how do you add like those really adorable elements that make you feel like nostalgia and vintage elements that made you feel like this was passed on through generations and it was like a grandfather or a grandmother cabin, you know, like I love that feeling of something being etched into your history. I love that. So whenever we go to these really old cabins, I would, I would just like, my mind would be like processing all these potential ideas of how we can have that. But again, we never thought it was possible until <laughs> this, this past year. That's awesome. And I'm curious to know before we jump into the purchase and going into it, actually make the dream come true. What was your guys' career pass? Because I think you and I, well, yeah, the three of us, when we had your pre-chat, I kind of questioned or commented in the sense of like, man, the attention to detail you guys have in this chalet is actually something of someone who's been in the hospitality industry, not just, you know, oh, I'm going to start my own chalet. And like, you guys have really good attention to detail. So I'm curious, like, what was the career paths that you guys had before getting into to doing this? Uh, well, we're really happy that you noticed that because we noticed it ourselves, but we're like, maybe the rest of the world don't realize like the, <laughs> the details that we put in, but it's so refreshing to hear that. So thank you for that compliment. So in terms of, let's say my career path, I have a party business called Funkist and I'm a designer. I design party supplies for a living and I've been doing it for about six years full time. So yeah, I design the party supplies. I ship them to the majority to the States, about 90%. And throughout these six years of really working on my business, making it grow, I've learned so many things about how to sell online, how to 
take a product and portray it in an attractive way online. Like those were things I had to learn just by trial and error. They like originally when I would advertise my products for my business, I would not like I would just put like my product on a white background, which is important for one of the photos. But I find my business really took off the minute I started taking photographs of the products set up in an actual venue with children there, with parents there, like to create, to set the scene for, I want people to visualize themselves in that party, my st- in, in the party frame. So all this to say is that my, my business helped us really understand what it's like to sell online products. And we kind of t- took a lot of the lessons that I've learned and applied that to our chalet. So that's what I do. <laughs> do you want to talk about what you do? What I do currently. Uh, so uh, we we also have backgrounds in psychology. Oh, yeah. We both have uh, okay. degrees in psychology as well, which also gives us to like the idea of like how people are going to interpret everything going forward. But like my background has been like pretty much like a little bit scattered, but always kind of like in a hospitality uh, ser- uh, service a la clientele, client service. So it's been kind of like uh, I was a cook slash chef, then a waiter. Then after that, I started selling cars. Now I'm in finance management. So I think where we kind of complement each other is that Julia is more creative. But then like on the back end, like I'm all the hospitality, hospitality and like the list and the numbers and like looking to see what cash flow, what kind of revenue we're making and like exactly how everything's coming out overall. And I I think we kind of complement each other because like we're able to get the nightly rate that we need to. And also as a great looking ad as well. Yeah, like I'd say where our careers both complement each other is that like I'll take care of the creatives, the marketing, public relations in general. And then Frankie's the hospitality, which I have to congratulate him. He is like the best person you want to message if you're t- if you're staying on an Airbnb. Like he's on top of it. Like let's say that was up to me. <laughs> I could see myself letting, <laughs> letting go a bit or saying like, oh, wait another hour. Like Frankie's on top of it. Even if we're out with friends, he's like, he's immediately responding. To, and sometimes I'm like, why are you so, you're so on top of it. Sometimes like you can just relax a little, let it go a couple minutes. And he says his reply, and I love it, is imagine that was our vacation. Like mm. we want our re- replies like immediately. Like imagine if there's an issue with the hot tub, like you don't want to wait another hour to figure out if that's going to work because sometimes the moment passes. So he's so on top of making sure the guest experience is optimal. And honestly, he's he's like that <laughs> in our relationship. He's like that with friends. He's like that through work. Like that's one quality that I find follows you throughout is you're really like attentive to people's needs and people's like creating like an optimal guest experience and even in our home even the day-to-day living it's like he's trying to like like he folds towels in a certain way and like the coffee is presented with like sometimes he'll bring me a coffee and it's cut up with like slivers of chocolate on top and I feel like I'm like at this five-star hotel so I think i <laughs> As my partner, like Frankie, I'm so grateful to have him. He's he's he delivers on guest experience a hundred percent. Thank you. Really <laughs> nice. <laughs> Wait, he's over here, like, dang. All right, gotta get on yeah, podcast oh more often. <laughs> yeah, I like all this praise. It's amazing. <laughs> no, it's really cool, and like, I I love that you guys do have a complementary balance of each other. And yeah, uh, I was actually as I was going through your guys's listing. 
I was noticing all the photos do have like kids in it or it's you guys. And it's like, it's not just a real estate photographer came in and did real estate photos. It was a lifestyle where anyone, including a guest, would imagine themselves already there. They would be like, dang, I'm already, I'm already on vacation, even though I'm looking to book in May or April or wherever and being like, all right, yeah, look, we got to, like, we have to execute on because we already see ourselves there. So that's always like a really cool tie in on like how you've used your business, Julia. And then of course, Frankie, with your, your experience on just being able to like, I love that you say, you know, what if this was our vacation? What if like, what if was, I, that's such a good mindset to look at it? So yeah, I just want to congratulate you both. This is really impressive. And going into your guys' listing, I did see not only the hot tub, but the sauna. So what yeah. made you guys go let's, before we jump? Actually, I'm already jumping way too ahead. I get too excited. Uh, so I want to say going from the ideation and the dream of having your own chalet, taking your experience with vision and marketing and then of course the guest experience and the communication the numbers all that stuff when did this opportunity present itself to you guys to actually execute on this idea slash dream so we actually had a friend in the family we were at some random dinner a family dinner and we were just talking back and forth and we had one of my family friends is a real estate agent, but I didn't, I don't see him often. It was just, he casually came over, uh, had a quick bite and we were just talking about our dream as we always do. We just put it out there. We said, oh, you know, it'd be so great. You know, we always imagine having a chalet, maybe like when we're 50, this is something that we could do. And he's like, I think you guys can actually do it though. And I and we said we said no. Like now, <laughs> we're definitely like like we're still like back then we were in our twenties. Like we're still pretty young. Like I don't think I don't see us affording that now. And he said, well, you don't necessarily have to afford it in terms of like paying like monthly. And then he presented the idea of short term rentals. And then at first it sounded a bit ridiculous. Like I said, okay, yeah, like that's nice, but not for us and not for now, you know. But then I think we just went home and we got thinking about it and we decided to just do some like fun research. Like, let's just go online and look up some listings and see uh, if there's anything within our range. And then from that point, I feel like it just snowballed. Like it was just every day I would check it casually. Frankie would check. And then it just became, <laughs> it started off, okay. let's say like 30 minutes a day. And then it was going into like three hours like let's say during my lunch break I would take like extra time off just because I was so excited like it actually felt in reach finally it felt like something that was actually doable for the first time in the past 11 years it kind of became like a, an addiction just to give like an idea of the timeline like the meal that we had with uh, the magic man was December 2021 then it pretty much like incepted in our heads and like two three months going in we just kept on looking up stuff and looking up like how to do it. And like all of our podcasts, all everything that we were looking up, it wasn't just like, oh, look at this property it was like uh, we were listening to Rob Built a lot. Uh, yeah. Big Pockets podcast. Like at this point, like I went to bed and I dreamt about it, yeah. woke up, just did everything. Like my my actual job was just like a, like a part time <laughs> thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Our jobs, we were so tired going to our jobs because we would, let's say, go to bed and watch these videos on on short term rentals and we wouldn't be exhausted the next morning. And it just seemed like this, like something just kind of clicked for, for me, myself, personally, something like clicked. I was like, 
my God, this is the future. It's so nice. And then after that, we started visiting properties. And uh, as I'm sure you may already know, the beginning of 2022, there was not exactly the easiest time to procure anything. Um, mm -hmm. So we visited a few of them, had our hearts broken a few times. But then uh, this, we visited this one and uh, one thing led to another and we were actually able to close. We closed early 2022. Yeah. Wow. Which is great. So you've been oh, almost, are you, have you hit the full year mark of owning it or no. have you, are you guys getting just there? We're eight to nine months in now. Okay. Yeah, we're eight months in. So we're still new at this, but we both feel like we've been doing this forever. And maybe it's because it's been part of our dreams for so long, or maybe that we're so intensely into it. But it's just like such an exciting process. Like we genuinely enjoy it. And I feel like a big distinction that we always make is some people will come to us and say like, oh, it's so cool that you're out, you're in the real estate world. And we never feel like we're in the real estate world. Like it, this doesn't feel like we're making a move like, oh, it's a financial investment, even though it is. But this is yeah. not the primary move for us. Like we're always seeing this as like a really fun, creative project mixed with like our passions, like my love for creativity and his love for hospitality. Like it, it actually like we're not thinking about numbers all the time. Like, of course, we have to know our numbers, yeah. but we're really driven by just the excitement. Like we can't believe that we get to do this and fully execute whatever comes to mind. Like this feels so <laughs> legitimate business. It's so cool. It's really interesting. So we are super passionate about it. And yes, the real estate and the investment part, it, it's a huge part of it. But like what the driving force, as I was saying before, is always like the experience for guests. Like that's what really excites us the most and what keeps us going, you know? Yeah, definitely. I'm curious to know, do you know Natalie Palmer with No Vacancy, the podcast? She's I've heard of it too, but I haven't. Okay. To... Well, she's awesome. But um, we had a conversation a while ago going into like the host quadrant, right? So it's like host number one is all about the numbers, only wants it to be a financial piece in their life and wants to be completely hands off. They don't want to, they just want to see good revenue and mm -hmm. that's it. And host number two is more of like a lifestyle host where it's like they care about the numbers. Obviously, the numbers are important, but it's more about giving them or that person a lifestyle and the ability to ha use it themselves and to create memories with their family and to, you know, do all the different things that aren't just tied to a financial decision. And there's like number three, where it's the hands on. You're all in for the creativity. You don't care if you give the, away the property for five dollars a night you just want to host people and be all in for the hospitality and all this other stuff so it sounds to like to me you guys are in the quadrant too obviously number like numbers are important it's a financial decision on your guys's end but at the end of the day it's really for yourselves not only the guests but you're able to then use it create memories and like you said i think julia you said in the beginning of the episode was you know some of the best days in your guys's relationship were at chalets so being able to carry on those best days as you continue to have your own is super important and really a core value in a some kind of way for for your guys relationship that's what it sounds like i could just be making a guess no it's a hundred percent true and i love this quadrant analogy and i'm actually curious about you do you feel like you've hit the third quadrant like where do you see yourself just out of curiosity i'm trying to flip the the podcast oh, yeah. a little here I know. Put on your own podcaster hat here for a second. <laughs> I'm just curious, though. You don't. We don't have to go too <laughs> no. much. That. 
No, it's good. I, I don't own any properties. So we have a management company where it's just management agreements. So we have about 10 homes. And for me, it's more of the, like you guys, I think the hospitality experience, creating a brand, c- creating consistency across short-term rentals, because I came from the hotel world. So right. going through Marriott and everything, you know, you have the standard linen across all properties, every room type. You have the communication, the way you talk to guests, you know, the words like my pleasure, yes, sir, no, ma'am, whatever it might be. For me, that's where I, I get excited, anticipating guest needs. And so with our 10 homes, we really focus on like standardizing, even though it's really hard to do with a bunch of different homes in different states, but creating that recreation rentals consistency basically is what really excites me. So I'm a little bit, I think I'm in quadrant two because I would love to use our properties. They're all properties that I would love to be out and go on vacation with or bring friends to. So yeah, definitely quadrant two. Eventually I'll buy, but right now a little on the horizon, you know, not too worried about it. And I love that you came from the hotel world because I feel like once you start off in that in an industry that focuses on like the perfect guest experience, like there's no going back. Like that becomes part of your it's just like I find you too, like in the chef world. Like I feel like when yeah. we're cooking, I feel like I'm working with someone who worked in restaurants. Like if he's like yeah. he'll he'll use restaurant terms. Like what's the thing when you say like you're in back? Like with yeah, the knife okay. or like she, I'm just like behind. I was like, Yeah, behind. Yeah, like behind, behind. behind. <laughs> he'll use this restaurant terminology and that never leaves him and i feel like let's say for you too in the hotel world like i'm sure you could never fold a linen ever again in the way you used to before like you've just learned new ways no yeah, yeah. it's pretty much burned into, into your brain after a while especially like the my pleasure like i remember <laughs> going through like the training through marriott and, and orientation for the property and just even being out with my friends at the bars or wherever, they're like, oh, man, here's your drink. And I'm like, oh, thank you. And I give them like some change or whatever. And they're like, oh, thanks, man. You're the best. And I'm like, oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Right. And then I'm like, why Why am I saying this with my friends or like <laughs> my family and stuff? So it's one of those things that kind of gets ingrained in your brain for a long, long time. Well, honestly, like if that can be ingrained in your brain, like just politeness, yeah. I think that's a good quality to have forever. Yeah. Like for the podcasting world, too. So for sure. Well. Now let's let's talk about execution. You buy the property. What happens next? Where do you guys for actually I'll ask Julia, I'll ask you first. Where do you go immediately for your creative ideas? You guys buy the property. What do you start doing? Do you go crazy on Pinterest? Do you start going to all the outlet stores and doing shopping? Like what was your immediate like all right, this is what I need to go do? How much time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> I love this. <laughs> okay. So I do want to start off by saying the type of property really drove where we were headed with this. So let's say like when we first thought about getting a chalet, immediately I envisioned the classic chalet, like the rustic new chalet where it's like a long cabin, but it was newly constructed, constructed and had like black rims and it looked like modern rustic. You know, that's what I had envisioned. Mm-hmm. But obviously, <laughs> I didn't realize the price of log homes. Like, I didn't know what that kind of pricing would be, especially in the areas yeah. that we were looking for. So we kind of had to readjust our expectations of what we were looking for. And so I, I didn't want to be pigeonholed into, like, thinking, like, oh, it has to be modern, rustic. Like I said, it would depend on the property that we would find. So we ended up stumbling upon the Happy Camper Chalet. But... It was completely like when we found it, it was a wreck, like just Mm. like a whole bunch of cement that was cracked and 
and there was actually a mechanic who previously owned it. And we met with him and he was telling us like the, the projects he had worked on. And he said, you know what? You guys are so lucky. I completely removed all the grass so that we can have space for 20 cars to park here. So he made it all gravel. And I was like, oh, interesting <laughs> choice because interesting it's great for a mechanic who wants to fix 20 cars. But I mean, when you're talking about the hospitality industry, I mean, I don't think people want to be hanging out on loads of gravel so yeah be like um i think you use the word we are so lucky in the wrong scenario yeah. right now. yeah exactly yeah so we so i was thinking like what do guests want and i know like they want to connect with nature so i know gravel like kilometers of gravel is not like, something that guests would be looking for yeah and so one big driving factor was i really was interested in knowing the history of this place like I didn't want to come in and say let's make this a modern chalet and completely ignore like let's renovate it and make it completely new like I really wanted to maintain the vintage charm of it all so I did a lot of research to find out where the chalet originated from and it turns out it was a small hotel back in the early 80s late 70s early 80s and then when I heard 70s like my ears lit up because that's my favorite time period time period ever so I heard 70s and I said, oh, my God, we could turn this into like some vintage 70s chalet that transports people back in in that time zone. But it's so on my alley because I actually I look up YouTube videos about the 70s just for fun. Like I have this like little <laughs> niche interest in the 70s. So I said, oh, my God, there's an opportunity here. And so. Frankie is not a, like a huge fan of the 70s. So I think I'm so I tired of disco. <laughs> 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 so I think I talked his ear off about like, oh my God, did you know like avocado green was the coolest color of the 70s? And did you know like that the type of records that were in at that time? And he's like, yeah, like it's cool. But I mean, like no more than that. But I just kept rambling. Like my mind went in creative mode. So then I did a lot of research into 70s, uh, 70s chalet, 70s getaways, 70s themed like not even necessarily 70s i just wanted to feel like nostalgic nostalgic like back to the good old days of chalets like where you would grow up i wanted it to feel vintage i wanted to be people to come in and and feel like oh my god this is what what we used to do when we were younger like i want parents to come in and say oh my god like those are the records like the bruce Springs springsteen record like i listened to that with my mom and dad going up north or like those little details, I really wanted that to convey itself through the chalet. So it became the next couple of months. I think we we worked on this for like a solid. We thought four initially months. we're like, oh, let's take two week vacation and yeah. like just put two well, yeah. half and a half later. Just it, it it's it got opened. Yeah. yeah, especially with let's say like the delays in terms of shipping and stuff, it became like a way longer um, time yeah. frame we were thinking of. But yeah, so it became about looking for specific pieces and specific color schemes and specific, like I did want a little bit of a worn out feeling to make it feel like it was a, a genuine, like you're going into the 70s, not like a modern 70s, but like you're walking into like a real chalet that was preserved in that time, that time, you know? So it became about like getting, finding a record player, finding, going drifting for vintage records, we don't have any like new records, all records from that time, that time specifically. We have like old photos that we found in our specific district, which is called St. Agathe Mall. We found like these amazing old photos from the 70s, 80s, and even 60s of 
the travel industry in that specific place. So we got them blown up, put on frames on the walls. We found like really like vintage items. Like it actually became like the finding of these items became part of the intrigue of the whole thing, like the curation and talking with people who were selling us like these old vintage rackets that their parents had up north. And it just became this really fun experience to just look for these pieces. Like I personally enjoyed it. So that's where the concept really came about. And yeah, like even let's say like in terms of our logo, like you could see here on the cup, like you want it to be like a bit vintage and like, I don't know, it just became about curating a vintage space to make people go back to a better day, the better days of the getaway, the up north getaway. Just to give a bit more of a backstory, like uh, we come from like a generation of like um, Italian immigrants. So like they couldn't really afford to go on like the fancy vacations. So they used to like always kind of like fill up the trunk of their car with like a whole bunch of food and everything and bring their whole families to like little getaways. So that's all they could afford. And they used to bring us like as their grandchildren, my family and even Julia's family. So we kind of wanted to recreate that like, oh, OK, like it's a family trip where everyone can put everything aside and just enjoy the great outdoors. And like, OK, yeah. where do we start from that? We try to put the technology aside. So yeah. all like our systems are Bluetooth friendly. You can't really tell that they're Bluetooth friendly. The TV actually turns in, it's a Samsung, the frame. So you can't really tell it's a TV unless you try to really turn on the TV. So we always try to give that aspect of like, it's family time. So we offer games and things like that. But when all comes down to like, okay, like it's hard to open up an Airbnb without Wi-Fi or right. yeah, TV for one. And actually I do want to, I do want to talk about something you said, Frankie, was about how our grandparents would go up north specifically to the location we ended up buying in, which I found was so cool. A bit ironic. And I'm really close yeah. to my grandparents. So I would look through their old photos to get some inspiration. And I actually found a couple of them were the photos of their trip up north. So I would dissect the photo and I'd say like, oh my God, that's so cool. Like they'd have like the rackets there and the way they dressed. And I was just so like, it became like, it felt like a personal project. Now it became like, how do I recreate something that our family went to and, and that I want people to have that exact experience. So it became like a bit of a selfish <laughs> creative endeavor, but it seems like people enjoy it. So we get a lot of comments about like, oh my God, the attention to detail. I, and they, they also talk about like how they too had that experience growing up. Like, it's so nice to see that Amazing. that was translated through like our vision, you know? All right, Slick Talkers, now for another dynamic sponsored duo of the podcast, Minute and Hostfully. If you haven't heard of Minute, Minute is the number one noise and occupancy detection device for short-term rental operators just like you. From their outdoor and indoor sensors, you can ensure that with their audio ID technology that you are not getting any false positives for things like wind blowing, plates breaking, dogs barking, doorbells ringing, you name it. You will only get notified when there's an actual potential party happening on site, and that could both be indoor and outdoors, especially as we come up to spring and summer seasons. Not only that, but they have amazing integrations from smart locks and other software partners, of course, like Hostfully. Now, if you don't know about Hostfully, then Hostfully is a property management platform built for short-term rental operators to ensure that they have the best connectivity with channels like Airbnb, Verbo, and Booking.com. 
Not only that, but they have the best integration marketplace I've ever seen. So that way operators like you can choose and pick their tech stack without having to force and comply to different operations that just don't make sense for you. Plus their digital guidebooks are the best in class and your guests will love them because all the information they need to know about check-in all the way to checkout and the destination are right there at the touch of their fingertips. Check out these special offers from our partners, both Minute and Hostfully, in order to ensure that you are getting the best value with your technology as you continue to operate your business. Back to the episode, and thank you so much for tuning in to Slick Talk. Yeah, the nostalgia, it really sounds like a time, like obviously, like you said, Frankie, the you know Wi-Fi and the smart locks, and like that stuff needs to be there still, but because it's really hard not to do that, especially if you're still working full-time. But the nice part about it is you guys really set the tone to slow down, which kind of takes you back to, like you said, Julia, the good old day vibe where it's like, that was a period where like, yeah, there was hustle and bustle in it, but not like there is today where everyone's addicted or on these things and, mm-hmm. the, you know, all their computers and all the work and all the other pieces that go into it. So yeah, there sounds like you guys really just focus on like a slowdown opportunity for, for travelers or for guests in general uh, and for yourselves because you're going to use it. Exactly. And actually, it felt more relevant than ever, let's say, quote unquote, coming out of the pandemic or Mm -hmm. like getting to a point where people were kind of secluded at home, uh, using technology, always on Zoom, really always on Instagram and TikTok and all these things that it felt like it felt even more important, like that, quote unquote, post pandemic world. Like yeah. the, the idea of going back to a, an, a, the good old days of like disconnecting, like it felt culturally relevant in that way too. It was like, it's, we need that as a society and our, for our generations, it, it felt like it was some sort of mission to like recreate that for people who just came out of the things that we just went through globally. Mm-hmm. I agree. What made you guys like, this is a, this is a rare moment for I think a lot of people that get into short-term rentals, you immediately, property number one, have a name for it and a logo. So a lot of people never actually go that way. They just, oh, I'm an Airbnb host and they just ride the tail of Airbnb. But you've actually created a brand without, I may be intentionally doing so, but you guys actually did, which is, again, really rare, especially from my point of view, just like seeing the people that come into vacation rentals as like, hey, we're going to create this global or maybe super heavy destination management company, you guys immediately day one as owners have a brand and logo. So what kind of maybe triggered that thought or idea? I would love to know kind of just like the thinking behind that. I think, I think the major thing that helped us out too was doing a little bit of like research beforehand, but like we look on Airbnb and just kind of like scroll through everything and what kind of properties stuck out the most. We realized that, okay, they, they went for something a little bit that's a bit out there but like we realize that it's only like one in a hundred and especially now with like today's generation anyone can open up a short-term rental and you can see on airbnb like they keep on saying okay the supply has become super super high however occupancy is also lower you're going to hear that all the time so we thought okay we're going to have to find a way that we can not peacock but like pander to a specific audience and of course the main audience that's going to be kind of like basic but main audience that goes to chalets are families and of course families with children so we thought that maybe putting them in the images would automatically do exactly what you said like oh hey we could envision ourselves being there and of course we're always going to get 
the teenagers who also want to go with their friends or like mid 20 year olds with their friends over to the place just because there's a jacuzzi and spa, which is fine too, by all means. But we were really trying to like recreate the bunk beds for the children. We're trying to recreate like you can run around in the in the field in front, make a fire with the family. So I think kind of wanted to create a brand and everything. So that way people who are looking for that mm. are going to book our place rather than the place 20 minutes down the road or anything. Yeah. And I think in terms of, let's say, a logo, I think beyond the fact that it's fun to create and, and brand things, I think there's an element of like when you're deciding between one place that feels like maybe it's just like an Airbnb that you're putting up and just to make money. And then you see like the other option, which is like a branded place that has like mugs with the logo and has like the welcome basket and is marketed on social media. And then you can add like and and the the handle is like right there when you walk in. Like, I think that puts an extra attention to detail that guests know like, OK, if these people are on top of there. It's not just like something that you're doing just to yeah. make money. Like this is something that conveys to people that we are serious hosts and that we actually care about the guest experience and i do think that let's say like having brands having consistent color schemes having a vision of what we want guests to experience i think that's so important because it helps us decide like like we spent so much time my sister's in marketing actually so we sat down with her beforehand and we said like we want to create a consistent image like we don't want to just put anything out there like we want to make sure our logo is consistent with the type of people that come here which is consistent with the images that we take so we really got so good at identifying the ideal guest the image that we wanted like the kind of feeling we wanted people to have feeling was actually really important coming from psychology backgrounds both of us we really mm -hmm. thought like what do we want people to feel when they step in and nostalgia kept coming up you know so yeah. we did like a huge marketing practice and figuring out what specifically defining the barriers of which, like what happy campers is defined as. And then moving forward, every question became very easy to answer. Like we said, what do we put in the welcome basket? Is it a bottle of wine or is it like old vintage, like s'mores kits and like, or um, like stuff from the area. Yes. local. Yeah. So when we thought about putting a wine bottle, we said, that's not really like happy camper though. Like wine bottle is more like sophisticated and like conveys that you're there with like a group of your friends, like business. Yeah. Our business getaways where now that question became so easy to answer because we knew who, what we stand for and who we are. So we wanted people to gather around the campfire. So we provided the, the s'mores kits because that's what feels nostalgic and feels like getting away kind of thing, you know? So now yeah. that we have like our clear brand identity, we know moving forward, the questions become so much easier to answer, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it kind of fits along with what you said too before about like their standards, like in Marriott, they did have standards and consistency across the board. Yeah. So hopefully if there's a happy camper two or a happy camper yeah. three, we'll know exactly where we're going to be going with everything and maybe even have like a program that, you know, Hey, if you come back, we'll give you 10%. Yeah. I was just going to ask, I was going to say, cause it, it gives you more independence now away from Airbnb directly. You don't have to be <laughs> just tied to the one platform. You can actually build out your own website, which I know you guys have told me you're you're working on doing and and all this other stuff. So now if Happy Camper 2, 3, 4, 100, 120, who knows, uh, comes up. <laughs> Frankie's like, more work. 
<laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but you know, the, yeah, I was gonna say you guys will have a great retirement. That's for sure. But you know, the opportunity is 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 there for you to build, knowing that you've already built a brand identity. You don't have to do that or start that process at property number ten. You can actually just get it done right out the gate. So I, I love that it gives you that immediate foot ahead of everybody else. Right, and I think exactly what you said in terms of the direct bookings, like because. We were in a transitionary period coming out of 2021, which was the golden year for short-term rentals. It felt like so much uncertainty, like we weren't sure where short-term rentals were going. Like there, I mean, there's always uncertainty, but coming out of the golden year of the short-term rentals, it felt like, okay, like, does that mean it's over? We weren't sure. There was so much uncertainty moving forward that we said, look, we can't actually rely on places like Airbnb and Verbo. Yes, they are like the backbone currently, but like moving forward, we need to develop something that we need to get a social media page. We need to get branding. We need to get consistent customers. We're also working on a newsletter, like those things so that if ever, if ever something happens with Airbnb or so many different sites that you can be on, like we know that we're self-sustaining in that way. So it gives us kind of like a little cushion to fall back on. Like we're a short-term rental. We're not an Airbnb destination, you yeah. know? Yeah. Well, and I was going to say the the cool part with all of this is that I wouldn't say you're not like riding the coattails, but like you just said, the independence, the backbone, it's it's good to have those platforms and to be optimized. And like I, I went through your guys listening just before the recording today on Airbnb. It's like you're hitting the great description. You're hitting the great lifestyle photos. You're hitting all the amenity boxes. You're doing all the pieces. All your reviews are five stars. You're communicating and commenting on the reviews. That's super important. And as you're building this brand and as you're continuing to move forward into like, you know, the examples of more properties, you know, these, I guess, like you said, Julia, the golden years is no longer the golden year anymore. So for people to even if even if you are on the platform, like you can stay on just Airbnb, but the operators that stay on Airbnb and don't do above and beyond like you guys are with the brand and the logo and the mugs and all the other attention to detail pieces, they're not going to do good. They're going to be the ones that are saying, oh, Airbnb is a bust. There's not enough bookings. But, you know, it takes serious operators now. It's no longer like the side hustle when I got in in 2018 of being like, oh, yeah, I could just, you know, throw up a place on Airbnb and and call it a day. It's no longer in that that wheelhouse. So. Yeah, you guys are exactly. already like 10 steps ahead. Right. So, I mean, let's say like building the website and newsletters, like this is, let's say, a year's worth of plan. But I mean, it is like that we've always entered into this from day one, knowing that that was our intention. Like we weren't here to say, let's just put something up on Airbnb and hope yeah. it works for the next decade and then retire. <laughs> We're not retiring in 10 years, but I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Other than this economy. <laughs> uh, just to say like, we're, that's not our intention. Again, it was always to provide the guest experience and to and with the intention of always being self-sustaining and being a brand that holds with or without Airbnb and with or without whatever is the trend currently, you know? Well, I love to ask, I want to ask this one final question before we get into the, the part that I told you guys about that we're trying out for 2023. What was the either most surprising thing that you've realized through being a short-term rental host or the least surprising thing that you thought was going to be a big shock, but wasn't, I would love to know one from each of you. So, well, okay. Two things I have to say, but 
The first one being Frankie and I could almost withstand anything moving forward because we've been through hard things in the past, but I don't think anything compared to ripping out concrete, lots of lots of concrete and like putting grass. And our relationship had undergone like two months of intense potential arguments that could have potentially like (laughs) broke us up. I think we broke up like five times and got back together. Like (laughs) so it's this relationship was tested that now I feel like, you know, nothing can really come between us at this point. Like it's just is that your most surprising? No, but I do want that moving forward forward, like if your listeners are a couple or even just friends, like you have to go into this really being realistic and saying like, this is not going to be easy. It's not something that like, oh yeah, we just buy the couches and we put it up. Like this is like really constantly tests us. And now we've gotten into the groove, like a really comfortable groove, but we have to always like, we're always shooting things back and forth. And so that was a huge test to the relationship. So I just want to say that for your listeners. Yeah. But personally, I find, let's say like the biggest shock that I have mine the most surprising well okay wait i'll finish mine and then you want to say yours okay sorry go so the biggest shock yeah. is that i found like i went into it hearing like horror stories about the short-term rental world like thinking like oh people are gonna trash your place or people are gonna people are gonna be so rude or people are gonna like leave their cigarette butts everywhere or start a fire so we would even before we started opening it up, we were like, oh my God, losing sleep over it, thinking like, oh my God, someone's going to start a fire. Someone's going to ruin the hot tub. We're going to be like tens of thousands in debt. And like, this is going to be such a disaster. So we really prepped ourselves for that. But I think the biggest lesson I learned is that actually, like I'd say like 90, 95 even to 99%, like it's, they're such nice people. Like it's a really nice lesson in humanity that we've learned is that we're like we're always shocked like people were like oh no like a small thing went wrong they're gonna leave us a two-star review and people leave us this outstanding review we're like oh what that's so nice or like people leave us like people left us tip people left us bread from their country that they made like people are so sweet (laughs) and we were genuinely shocked because we had heard such horror stories and it's actually so comforting i guess people going into the to the short-term rental space that people are actually nice and people for mm-hmm. the majority of the part want to want to have a nice experience and if you're just nice back like they're just it's so refreshing to see that and i'm like you know what actually people are very sweet and we can't actually complain about that i'm actually praying right now that she didn't jinx us yeah <laughs> <laughs> but what's yours How mine was yours? actually that i was i wanted to get ahead of that yeah so the the most shocking and surprising thing that i think i have was like everyone has been super super nice I don't know if the problem is with me or with us, but like <laughs> we just thought that there's going to be like an insurance claim every other week. People were going to yeah. like the place was going to be wrecked. I think it just happened once, but like they just had a good time. And, you know, it's, you know, people are going to be people sometimes. Yeah. Other than that, it was, it's been just really, really nice. Yeah. Like we're, yeah, actually, no, I agree. we're like, sometimes we're, we used to be critical going to like Airbnbs and be like, oh, like, the sheets were unfolded like we would like we would never write a bad review but we would we would kind of talk between us but like then we were people are really nice to us we're like oh my god are we is there something wrong with us like were we being too critical like people are genuinely <laughs> so nice so sweet yeah it's a good surprise and the it's funny because like you know the big scary things like the insurance claims and all the safety stuff is real like there's trust me there's a ton of that happening but that's a, like those are the main stories that make the headlines. So right. yeah. obviously like 
if everyone praised or put a headline in all the good stuff, our news would be covered with positivity. And uh, mm-hmm. sometimes that just doesn't, that's not how the world wants to work sometimes. So, you know, yeah. obviously the bad things are the ones that get, get in front of you. But yeah, I do think also though, like, I don't want to see make it seem like it's all roses because I think, oh, no. because, <laughs> because no. at the end of the day, like we do offer like a huge like guest experience that let's say like maybe they are more willing to forgive, let's say something going wrong because we've, we're we so immediate to answer or we provide them with so many amenities that maybe they're like, okay, like who cares if like the Wi-Fi was glitchy for like a couple minutes or something like that, you know, like I think it's not to say like, okay, the short-term rental space is so easy, like everyone's so nice. I think it's a two-way street. I think people have to be great hosts. And then when you're a great host, I think, like the guests are just genuinely happy like how we get so many comments about like they're shocked at how great of an experience it is and we're like oh okay we were we were worried that we weren't offering enough and we're like no seriously like we're coming back we're bringing the whole family like we're telling our friends like it's so refreshing to hear that so i I get jealous of their stays yeah i'm just like oh i want to be up north right now so bad with (laughs) them and i was like it seems like they're having such a great time yeah i wish i was there do you find let's say well do you find that do you see the same thing that we see that people are genuinely like pleasant and <laughs> nice people yeah people are very understanding and at the end of the day like you said i think when you come at it with the hospitality mindset of like i want to take care of this obviously they're here on a vacation we had uh, a guest recently at one of our florida properties that we manage last minute booking booked like a day before arriving and she was like, hey, me and the husband really need to get away. We've had a really hard end of 2022, really hard beginning of 2023. We just need a, a time to relax. And this property looks perfect. We're so excited. And I'm messaging with the guests and just saying, yeah, we're happy to host you. Looking forward to it. If you need anything, here's your guidebook. Reach out to us. You know, the whole message. Well, their checking experience wasn't that great. Uh, we had a deadlock. We had um, one of our housekeepers didn't inform us that the smoke alarm batteries need to be replaced. Oh, yeah. So there's the chirping. So, you know, like little things, nothing crazy to ruin a vacation, but still when you enter a vacation that you're really much looking forward to, it's not the best experience, especially with the lock being dead and having to communicate where the hide a key is so that way she can get in and do the manual lock and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. being able to then immediately send somebody to fix the alarm, to immediately send somebody to fix the door, to immediately give them a credit towards Disney because it's in Florida. So we gave them a, a credit towards one of our favorite restaurants. And just said, hey, you know, dinner's on us. Please go enjoy it while we get this fixed. We'll make sure that everything's ready for you. The pool heater is on, you know, all the other stuff, kind of like all the little pieces of attention. And that could have easily, if we didn't respond to that appropriately, could have left us a three to four star review because the check-in process is so important. So that being said, like you said, Julia, the the more you just do things for your guests, the more likely they're going to be able to forgive and just put that in the past. Like the review never even mentioned the door lock or the smoking alarm. It wasn't a private note saying thanks for fixing it, but like, you know, the the review publicly never had anything. It was great stay, great home, great company, would love to come back. Like that's yeah. the type of experience you want to leave. And do you have, let's say like when you you receive the notification saying like so and so left you a review and you didn't review them back, it does your heart skip a beat when like oh, yeah. the, if it didn't go well, oh, you're yeah. like, oh no, this is the one star that's gonna knock Oh you. yeah. We get that yeah. all the time. We're like, we're like, 
I'm holding on to him. He's holding on to me. He's like, so it's so left the review. We're like, this is it. Like, it's over. We're and going down like, in flames. Yeah, we're like a five star. And like a couple things went wrong. Like we're shocked. But it, like you were saying, it has a lot to do with like how you respond. Like it could easily have been, let's say like there was a glitch with the hot tub and we didn't answer for hours or even days or we didn't answer at all. Or we said like, sorry, too bad kind of thing. Like then that I could see leading to a yeah. bad review. But I think people just want some sort of recognition. Like, I think people just need to be seen. Like, yeah. that sucks. And we acknowledge I think, that. I think what happens, too, is the way that you respond to it. Like, oh, there was, we had a we had an issue that we redid our bathtub. And then our bathtub, after a certain amount of time, there was a default with the, with the paint and the chemical that we used. And that happened while a guest was staying there. And, like, we had no idea that this was happening. So the guy was just like, oh, hey, there's a crack. And then we apologized right away. We're just like, oh my God, we're so sorry. We didn't know this was happening. We're going to take care of it immediately. And the guy wrote us back super, super nice. He's just like, look, I'm really impressed with the way that you guys actually handled it. Thank you so much. We offered him a, a, a small credit as well or a lunch. We offered him a lunch. And the next week we had, uh, we replaced everything. We put in a new bath. We put in everything and the show continues. But yeah. because we responded so fast and he was so impressed, that also plays a lot into guest experience, which I'm sure even working uh, in the hotel industry, you can see like, oh, if you respond in such a great way, your ranking's even going to be higher on their list afterwards. Yeah, because let's say like when we would stay at a hotel, there were so many situations in which let's say like something would go wrong. But when you bring it up to the staff, if their response is like, well, kind of is what it is, then it's like, I'm kind of tense the rest of the trip. And, or at least for that, a couple hours later, we're like, we're talking, we're like, oh, I can't believe how they responded. But if they're like, oh yeah, we'll like, we'll upgrade you or we'll give you a bottle of wine or whatever they, they my, offer. My pleasure. Yeah, then we're yeah, like, oh my God, like we want something to go wrong more often, you know? Like, <laughs> it yeah. feels a treat that something went wrong because their redemption or their the their comeback is so like, on top of their game that it's actually like more impressive that sometimes i forget where i think i was reading a book about hospitality they were saying like sometimes it's better something goes wrong and you show them how you can redeem yourself and that redemption actually is better than if nothing went wrong because people see that there's a human element to someone going above and beyond and acknowledging that you're in a situation that's unpleasant like i thought I think about that and I think about how many times we've been in that, let's say like in an airplane and the light at the top didn't work. So we couldn't read at night and they offered us like these mini bottle of wines and we're like, yeah, we didn't even want to read, but I mean, <laughs> thank you so much. So the redemption that they like the extra mile that they go actually is better than if the light just worked the whole time, you know? Totally agree. I was going to say the, the recovery process is really important, but it's crazy because Julia, you just said earlier, you know, people will tell you something without really telling you. So I can use <laughs> our guest, for example, you know, she said her and the husband were having a really hard end of the year, beginning of the year and doesn't need to say anything, but like that slight mention puts that light bulb in your head. This experience that they're going through does not help that. It actually makes right. it worse, even because they've been anticipating it for however long. So like you said, being able to recover instantly, being able to do the messaging, communicate, get the team on site, fix the issues, give them a distraction, which again, like I hate saying it. it's not like it's not like you're intentionally manipulating, but giving them a way to get off the property, go to dinner, go to lunch, have a time away, 
completely paid for allows you to then do all the chaos behind the scenes instead of them watching it and being more stressed and tense and all the little stuff exactly. so yeah just like like a little mention of hey we're having a hard time and want to get away can just be that little seed that helps you be able to recover 10 times better than if they're like oh yeah. we're just here to to go out for no reason you know and then also like i think like woven into what everything that you're saying is like the, that human element like we were talking about how many times we stayed at airbnbs and we forgot that someone like a person this is someone's house like it just felt so like sterile and like there was no human element like we didn't realize that we were talking to a human person who owned this property and who was curating an experience for us so i think reminding people like calling them by their names and 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 showing like that you're just a human owning like a small business like operating a small business it's not like we're not trying to make it like too hotel like where it's like the human is kind of a race like we're actually trying to make it more obvious that we are like we're hosting with passion and hearts and things like that and actually like i know we have to go just quickly though on social media i think for your guests for your for your um listeners i think it'd be really helpful because one thing that we do do and i found it to be super successful is we do weave into our social media the, the human element like we're not just showing like photos of the yeah. property like we said before like we're putting like people in it but also the process of putting together the cabin was really involved. Like it was a process that we involved our family in a lot. Mm -hmm. And there's one video. So my grandfather is a tailor. He's been a tailor for, I think, almost 70, 80 years now. So we had to get curtains and he actually ended up tailoring all the curtains in the chalet, which comes out to about 14 curtains. So he wow. was at this for like days, like measuring, like arguing back and forth with my grandmother about the best way to do this. So I happened to record the process just for my own personal interest. Like I was thinking like no one really cares about my grandfather sewing curtains. But then when I was looking back at the, the, the videos, I said, you know what? This could be an interesting reel. Let me put it up thinking like a couple hundred people are going to see it. And so I made a whole story about it being like him sewing. He's been a tailor for 80 years. Like he's he's tailoring the curtains for a chalet. Like it adds the human element again that we were speaking about. And I could not even tell you that the success of this reel, it brought in almost 300,000 viewers. To date. To wow. date. And wow. the comments just keep going. And you know what the beauty is? Is that people are saying like, it's so nice that you're involving like, the elderly and people are saying, oh, the art of sewing is is dead. And it's so nice that you're trying to bring that into your cabin. And we've gotten a couple of bookings off of this reel. And so I was thinking like, why is this such a hit? And I, I remembered that it actually, we're not trying to erase the human element of short-term rentals. We're actually trying to make it seem like, we're trying to make people realize that, you know, operating a short-term rental is like, you're hiring cleaners, you're hiring like people who are who have businesses that you're helping sustain their own businesses. You're helping like a grandfather connect to their granddaughter. Like there's so many mm -hmm. elements that come into like just having a short term rental. And I think it was like it just made me realize how there's like such like it's so important to emphasize that we're humans operating a chalet. We're not like this robotic place that's just like like automating everything you know and it's not just us it's like sure. the whole town who's helping build it yeah 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 i love it well <laughs> I, I told you guys a little bit about a new thing that we're doing on the show and i have two guests that were on before you 
and they have a question for you. And then I'm going to ask you to ask a question for the guests after you without telling you who they are. So the guests before you were Adam and Daniel, the founders of Host Financial, where they help property managers or Airbnb short-term rental hosts buy properties for either their portfolio, their first property, whatever it is. The first question, so Julia, this is going to be for you. This is from Adam. It says, what would you do differently if you could go back 10 years exactly to this date? Wow, 10 years? <laughs> I love this question, actually. Um, you know, I don't even have that many like regrets in my life. I feel like I lived. Does that have to be a regret? You could, you could relive. You could relive a good moment. You could go back and say something or whatever, anything. Um, okay, so one of the best experiences in our lives was we moved to Australia for almost two years. So I feel like I was a little, not late in the game, but I mean, like we were, what, 25, 26. I think I would have done another experience like that earlier on. I feel mm -hmm. like I would have maybe liked to have lived my 20s a little more. Yeah, like I would have liked to see in different places, but like I love traveling, like slow traveling. Like I don't want to just go like for a couple of weeks. Like I love the fact that we were there for two years. We like integrated. We had a community. We we knew where to go and the best places to go like that felt like like I feel like it's a sense of home so I would love to have that experience elsewhere I I, I still want to do that in my 30s but <laughs> it would be nice to have done that a little earlier because I was so scared to take that leap thinking like oh my god like what if things go wrong but in the end it actually was a beautiful experience for both of us and I think I would have liked to do that again I like it that's a really good one good yeah, what about better. you Frankie um, actually, now what about you? I have a different question for you. Sorry, I totally forgot. Though there's two questions for this one. So this one's from Daniel from Host Financial. He goes, "What would you rather have? A hundred million dollars today, or you go back to your old self at six years old, knowing everything you know today, and starting completely over at six? Oh, thank you very much for the question, Daniel. You know, I I, I like. I'm always a sucker for the underdog. Uh, mm. so I might have to go with the, the second part. I go back to being six and go back knowing exactly what I know today. Reason being is because I, I feel like if someone just gives you like the, the money, I believe like, oh, okay, like I might be able to make like decisions and everything. However, mm. I still kind of want to relive everything that I did now and still have like that slow burn and go through everything. So then you There's... would be opening a short-term rental at the age of seven then. I yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I love. Yeah. Because uh, the bank will bank will give yeah. me everything like, I wanted. Mom, Dad, sign this. I'm ready to go. So exactly. Yeah. I love these questions. I love this format. Although no, it's always fun. Yeah, I was gonna say 100 million. I don't know. I was like, even at six years old, if I knew everything I knew today, I still wasn't the brightest kid, you know. So I probably it's not, just... enough. <laughs> it's not enough. It's not enough. It's true. It's some inter interesting sandbox stories. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, now, without knowing who's going to be on the show after you two, I'll give you one opportunity to ask. It's going to be one person. It won't be a duo. So to ask one question to this one guest, no understanding of who they are, what they do, and tell their episode. Okay. What's your ick? So what's that thing that you really like that gets under your skin? Grinds, that... grinds your gears, and it's a deal breaker. Whether it be dating or whether it be like, Friendship. Just anything, work, anything. Grandparents. Mm. <laughs> Family. Yeah. Can we ask you what's your ick or do, is that a, a, for next episode? Oh. 
I'm all in. Um, I'm trying to think of an ick. My biggest, I'll say, is maybe not an ick, but it's a big pet peeve. I hate tardiness. I hate lateness. I hate, I hate the lack of like responsive when it comes to people's time. If that makes sense. So there's a schedule or a, a time to meet up or anything like that. Like my friends know this, and so they'll intentionally be minutes, just a couple minutes late, uh-huh. and just try to really rev me up because I'll show up like, where have you guys been? But yeah, yeah. it's I'm very much like it's a an ick it's a i don't know it kind of especially in relationships and to me it's like i get things happen car you know car breaks down tire goes flat you know phone battery dies whatever you you can't figure out how to get to a certain place i understand that that happens but i feel like sometimes it can be a huge like disrespect of someone when you just are showing up late and not being on time or not being prepared or whatever it's, it's like yeah that would be my ick if that can count as the ick yeah. yeah. Honestly, yeah. for me, I think it would be like along the lines of canceling same idea with like that kind of disrespect Last for minute. one's time, you know, obviously things happen, but it's the like when we start to see it's like a consistent behavior, I could see how that's annoying. That's, you know? that's true. Like if she gets a text message 30 minutes before we're leaving and like, it's just like, oh yeah, <laughs> no, it's not yeah. good. Like it's raging. Yeah. Because yeah. the thing is, I want to cancel too. Okay. I want to cancel. <laughs> When I show up, even when I'm like, I'm not like 100%, but I'm showing up because yeah. I have that, like, that sense of like, like I committed, like, I committed. It's in the yeah. agenda. It's happening. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm very much a uh, calendar ritual person. So I'm like, it's in my calendar. I'm not missing it unless this person cancels or gets hit by a bus. Like I'm not, right. I'm not going to be the one to cancel it. So yeah. Yeah. It's, excuse uh, matters. Like, like I need a good excuse. I can't get like one of those, like, you know what? It's not really like those, mm-hmm. like. I don't know. And I fact, don't... fact check it. Your yeah. car's broken. All right. Yeah. Show, Show me the, yeah. Show me the <laughs> Post it on your Instagram story so I know it's real. It's like... exactly. We're not neurotic, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know you're not. You're good. Well, this has been so much fun, and I really love getting to know your guys' story. And I love seeing, you know, the ideas that you have when it came to your chalet and to your guys' relationship and how this has all impacted you guys. So just want to say thank you for being on the show and thanks for your question for the next guest. This is going to be a fun one. So if you had one link to send anybody who's listening right now to learn more about you two or about the chalet or anything in the world, what would that link be to share with them in the show notes? I would say um, go to our Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. Instagram will lead you to our uh, pretty much the whole vessel. Like uh, you'll be able to find our link on Airbnb. You'll be able to see everything that we discussed in uh, in this podcast as well. So the lovely photos, you get to see uh, Julia's grandfather, Nando <laughs> the tailor, get to see more of these fabulous mugs everywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love it. Yeah. No, it's so and, good. Well, thank you so, so much for all the work you do, honestly. Like, we love podcasts like this. And if it wasn't for podcasts like this, we would not be able, we wouldn't even know what to do, honestly. We, it's, it's really meaningful in the short-term rental space. So thank you so much for having content like this. And you're just really fun to talk to, too. <laughs> Good to know you share a similar thing. <laughs> yes, yeah. no, it's been so much fun. And I appreciate you guys with all the kind words. Yeah, no, this is I, I love that this is what I get to say I do for a living. So it's uh, it's a very much a blessing. So uh, my parents still don't get it. But at the end of the day, <laughs> they don't need they don't need to, you know. But all of you slick talkers that are watching the live or listening to the audio, make sure you check out everything. Happy Camper Chalet. Give them a like, subscribe, a follow, a comment, a message, a DM, all the above. Check everything out and we'll see you all again next week.
Thank you so much for listening, and thank you to our show partners for making Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, possible. We hope you enjoy the show, and we would love to connect with you outside of the podcast. So you can follow us on all of our social media channels for daily hospitality content, or find us on slicktalkthepodcast.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and we will see you guys all again next week.